1: And welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry. And with me today in studio is Father Don Fite, Pastor Emeritus
2: of St. Joseph's of Alliance. Welcome, Father. Thank you, Tim. It's always good to be welcomed back to Living Bread Radio. Yep. We have a lot of fun here, don't we? We sure do. We're uh,
1: continuing our discussion from the uh, Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, the UCAT, about the sacraments. And today we're going to talk about the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. And two forty of the UCAT asks, "How was sickness interpreted in the old testament
2: well it was uh <laughs> it was thought that it uh, it must be in some way uh, a punishment perhaps you know for my sins um, uh, it was always thought to be a uh, something that God was involved in, and uh job tried to get out of you know explaining his uh, illness that way or his all the misfortunes he had experienced, including bad health, and his friends says, no, 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 Job, you have to see it's all because you're such a sinner. And that was the debate of the book, uh, of the book of Job. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, it was not, uh, it was almost like it was a curse, you know, but uh, it was certainly um, uh, something that had to be borne patiently, but I don't think there was a great understanding uh, of what uh, sickness was all about. I don't think um, there is
1: today either, Father. You're um, right. Yeah. Mother Teresa said that suffering is a gift. And when I first heard that, it's like, you've got to be kidding me. I've spent <laughs> my whole life trying to avoid suffering. That's right. And yet, as she explained it, we can unite our suffering with Christ's suffering, and the church calls it redemptive suffering, where That's we right. can offer it up for the salvation
2: of souls and the conversion of sinners. And that's an amazing little expression you just used. That I think only Catholics are familiar with. It uh, offer it up, Um, but it's one we often say, don't we? Um, That I can join myself. In other words, the suffering that I have can be joined to this cross of Jesus. His sufferings for me. Uh, That, as He said, take my yoke on your shoulders uh, and learn from me. So, to be yoked with Jesus in time of illness is 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 something that I, when I share the sacrament with people, there's a, a couple different scriptures that are recommended. That's one of the ones I love to share, uh, the yoking of ourselves with Jesus.
1: And and the truth is, no matter how much we suffer or someone we know, a loved one, a family member, a friend, nobody suffers as much as Jesus suffered. That's right. I mean, we can never imagine how much uh, from the scourging at the pillar to the crowning with thorns Mm -hmm. to carrying the cross and falling down three times and just all that he had to go through physically before he was actually crucified and nailed to the cross. That's right. We'll never suffer as much as he that's did. Right. So I mean that to me that's consoling to know that Christ can relate to me in my suffering cuz he's been there more than even I've that's been right. there and and we can you know and so we can take some consolation in that when we do
2: talk to the Lord and pray to the Lord.
1: He knows where we're coming from.
2: And I always look at Jesus in the in the garden of Gethsemane when he said uh, well, Father, if it be possible, uh, you know that this, this cup should pass from me. Uh, it, it's like he's he's human. There, he's he's going through what we all go through when we get sick. Don't we start playing the little? The violin comes out with our little fingers, with the, or maybe with a big violin. We want to. We want some. We want people to notice how we 're not feeling well, we want their sympathy we want their oh poor you and they we want to drop everything and let them just come and and they yeah, just us. want to be waited on yeah, that 's you know. right and uh, <laughs> uh, sickness uh, brings us into a very uh, egotistical mode you know of thinking it 's all about uh, me that 's right yeah right? And, uh, and, and and then why did this happen to me? you know what did I do to deserve this you know it 's all uh, we forget all about uh, turning to Jesus and asking him for an understanding that this is as was his cross, this is an invitation to join uh, our whatever it is that i didn't you know, i didn 't necessarily commit some sin last week that made me get a sinus infection this week, uh, but nevertheless, I know i 'm a sinner that my s- sicknesses are part of the human condition that needs redemption, and so um I think Jesus as the question here asks, why did he show so much interest in the sick? Because he wants us to know how loved we are uh, when, we're, when we're down and how much he wants to give healing to us, even though the healing may not come just as we uh, think it should. Uh, we sometimes like to name the way it should be healed, a uh, certain affliction we have. This bone should be Tomorrow I should be able to go back out and play again. Why wear a cast for six weeks? if Jesus could heal me why doesn 't he do it now and I had a Tim I had a godfather who suffered from polio mm-hmm. and was in a um, uh, in a wheelchair paralyzed from his chest down uh, when he was still in his early thirties and had a family to raise and so he came to believe very strongly in the healing power of Jesus, but then he one day he went to a, a a service where there was healing being given and and uh, prayer for that and and uh, the the healer even prayed that uh, there's somebody here with polio who's God's going to heal him today and when he didn't receive that healing he went home he said and wept bitter tears uh, because he thought what did I do wrong Lord I believe so strongly that you'll heal me but then it was like the Lord said to him but Barney you weren't letting me have the timing you know yes I'll heal you <laughs> but the timing is mine. And he ended up dying, uh, still unhealed of that inability to walk. But he knew that someday he would dance in heaven with his new Mm -hmm. glorified body. You
1: bring up a great point, Father. Uh, I want to get what I want when I want it, Mm -hmm. like instant gratification. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's human nature that we want things right away. Sure. And you brought up a great point in that God's timing is usually different from our timing.
2: It surely is. and
1: even though we're praying for something earnestly with a heart filled with love god has a plan for
2: us and it may not have the same timing that we think it should that's right so and that's, and and my godfather came to say, he came to the conclusion if i had been healed instantly i would have been a flash in the pan that day everybody come to see the miracle man but he said you know i probably am bringing more people to god i patiently awaiting my healing because I pray with them. They come to me. Why do they come to me? Because they see somebody who's handling suffering, you know. With with, dignity. Exactly, and with with hope that there is going to be a healing, but Mm -hmm. I'm not not telling God when he has to do it anymore. And uh, so he ended up being very powerful, I think, in reaching other people's souls. 243 asks, for whom is the sacrament of the anointing of the sick intended? It's intended for anybody who is sick. And usually, Tim, it's considered a serious illness. Just because I sneezed twice and thought, might think it might be a cold coming on, it's not a time yet to ask for the sacrament of the sick. But if there's a a genuine sickness that could be serious uh, or leading in that direction, um, and only a person knows... Uh, what is serious for them, uh, what could be. Or a doctor will warn you, this could be serious. Um, even people going into a surgery who are not f- yet sick. Uh, I was told in the seminary that whenever they're going to be using the uh, uh, anesthesia, that, that alone can sometimes be a, a dangerous situation for a lot of people to receive. That That's good grounds for saying, Father, would you anoint me? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm going to be in a situation where I want the healing of the Lord. And um, uh, so uh, it can be received um, whenever there seems to be a situation that Jesus would want to heal you. Okay. okay. Well, before we went on the air, you
1: mentioned that you are the uh, part-time chaplain at Mercy Hospital.
2: How is the anointing of the sick administered? How do you actually administer the anointing of the sick? Well, there, uh, we don't have time to go through the entire beautiful ritual that we do have that could be used like in a church setting when we have a communal service. But um, we would enter the room, and after um, asking the person, I usually ask them, if I'm not too sure how Catholic they really are in terms of participating and understanding the sacraments, I'll first ask them if they'd like a blessing. And usually they always say yes for that much. And uh, then I explain to them that I have a very a special blessing, one of the sacraments that brings the healing of Jesus. And so I give them a very short catechesis on what I'm about to do and invite them then uh, to say, yes, I would like that sacrament, Father. And once they have said they would, then I... Uh give preliminary prayer, uh, which includes an invitation to confess sin or to know that this sacrament can forgive you your sin. I quote St. James that tells us that in his letter about the sacrament. Let the priest come, that sacrament, that anointing of the sick will raise you up, save you, and your sins will be forgiven. So sometimes in the, uh, the hospital, when mm-hmm. they're in a room with other people. There's no chance for a personal confession at that point. But still, I can assure them their sins will be forgiven. Then I lay hands on them and uh, ask the Holy Spirit to come to them. Take my thumb then and put it in the oil. I anoint them on the forehead and on their hands. The forehead, I always like to think, that's because St. Paul said, put on the mind of Christ. And like we said earlier, when you're sick, you don't want to do that. Uh, you'd rather feel sorry for yourself. So put on the mind of Christ. That reminds you that your intelligence, your brain, needs help in time of sickness. The hands represent the whole body. And uh, so I anoint each of the hands. And I always um, uh, like to ask people when I'm finished, what do you do with your hands? You know. Um, Because many men tell me the work they've done, uh, women will talk about their work, too, uh, in ways that I say, you know, that's so precious that I've had the privilege of anointing your hands for that you might be healed and go back to whatever work God has you to do. So I can't spend a lot of time with the sacrament in that setting, but it can still be a very beautiful experience, and many people thank me very dearly for coming in. You probably administer a lot of people in, in a give, any given week. Oh, yes. Uh, one day, um, a typical day at Mercy for those of us who are doing that as priests, uh, we'll see anywhere from 10 to 30, 35 people. Uh, in one day. Yes, and many wow. of them are um, certainly eligible for the sacrament because they've either just had surgery or uh, are preparing for it and, uh, okay. or have some serious illness, yeah. So Father 247 asks, what is meant by viaticum? Viaticum, Tim, is that sharing of your last Holy Communion coming from the word tikum, which means uh, food, via, uh, the way, food for the way, food for the journey. It's your last Holy Communion, uh, and you should prepare for it. Uh, when people say uh, that uh, they send for a priest and they want the last rites to be given, you know they mean anointing usually because that's all they think of. Because we used to call, extre- uh, remember how anointing of the sick used to be called extre- unction Extreme meaning at the last moment of life. And uh, so anointing was being saved for that. Now we see that it should be more quickly given when under serious illness, but what you should ask for is your last communion. So it's so important to call for a priest while a person is still able to take communion uh, rather than wait until they're unconscious and unresponsive. So that it's Mm -hmm. your last holy communion, beautiful gift Jesus Mm -hmm. wants to give you to help you on the way to heaven. What greater gift can you have than to receive communion one more time before Mm
1: -hmm. you die? I remember my brother and my uh, mom actually were able to have it twice right before they die. Okay. They thought they were going to die, and of course, they lasted a little longer. That's right. Yeah. So the priest was there and offered it again, and so they were
2: actually able to to receive twice. Yeah. And uh, if every Catholic knew that, it might help them to do a confession a little more frequently, too, to make sure you're always ready. You never know. Many people take their Holy Communion as viaticum and don't know it because they die the next day of a heart attack. But uh, that, Mm -hmm. that last communion was their viaticum. It's a great, great gift. Awesome. Can we have a blessing, Father? And may Almighty God bless everybody listening today that they might know how Jesus loves them in time of illness and wants to share with them the beautiful healing touch that he gives through the sacrament of anointing in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We've been listening to Father
1: Don fight as we discuss the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. Remember that Faith with Father is a great teaching tool to use at your parish. Along with the UCAT, you can listen to any archive show, then go by number, and they cover the entire UCAT. So just go to livingbreadradio.com, go to the programming tab, and click on Faith with Father. Until next time, this is Tim Perry. God bless you.